Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sick of the crazy frog and these false promises. <laughs> Episode 294 of the 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm joined by Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Ahoy. And Stephen, you asked what's happening. We have stretched our lead Go at on. the top of the league. Now, I'll tell you what, watching that game against Dundee didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like the sort of relaxing celebration. We're going top of the league and we're not being moved. It was bitty. It was difficult. It was stressful. It's been a bit of a. To be honest, Stephen, since we're all sitting down with our pals, been a stressful Celtic week. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been an eventful one as ever. That's the, exactly the way we like it, mm. sort of. But uh, yeah, there were times during the Dundee game where I thought this is going to be another one of those games where we've been presented a golden opportunity th- thanks to a slip up from the Bears earlier in that afternoon. And I thought, we're going to do it again. We're going, we're going to pass this up and we're going to keep the lead at one point. But Thankfully, the big, uh, Mele, big Gigi stood up. Fucking right, he did. Melly, <laughs> I, I was, I was saying, I think it was if Celtic had failed to capitalise on Rangers dropping points, that would have been the third time this season that yeah, Rangers dropped yeah. points and we didn't go to capitalise on it. But you know what? No point. You know, ifs, muts, and babies. Hmm. <laughs> hey, Stephen, what? There's no point. What? If muts and babies. <laughs> <laughs> there's no point talking about ifs, muts, and babies, Melly. Right? <laughs> the truth is, the Adonis. That is Yakimakis stood up with that hat trick that you wanted yes. on the on the pre match on the pre match portion of the at the match podcast, uh, and he bailed us out big time. He did, and like asked for a hat trick. I thought, look, Dundee at home, it's a chance for us to maybe get a few goals and him to build some confidence. Didn't quite expect them to get a couple mm. of goals, but which was a bit annoying. But Steve, he said, look, that would have been the third time we'd drop points when Rangers had dropped points. That seems like a long time ago those that those happened because it feels like this is a, like a new team mm. even though we're in the same season because we've moved on so much, we're playing well and it was a victory in the end but when you look at Celtic's form right now bar the Bodo game, it's just win, 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 win everywhere so we're flying but while not playing brilliant the last couple of games but if we can stretch a lead not playing too well take it every day of the week and speaking about stress... Mm. The stress I got from this man on the way to the game was absolutely mental. Picked him up and he'd say, Rangers had just scored to make it one each. Is he given that are we there yet, Pat, every two minutes? <laughs> right, he was, saying, he was just watching it and he said that he'd be astonished if Rangers don't win because they were all over Dundee United. 
and I said I, I don't want to turn on the radio because I don't want to hear when they if they score what it'll be like because we'll just be gutted on the way to the game so we didn't put it on but instead of taking that on board Stephen sat there on his phone refreshing it <laughs> Look, I was like mate what are you doing here I've got something to say about this right so I was listening to the Rangers the end of the Rangers game on they the, maybe put on the radio because he was on, on BBC Sports Sound right and honestly a couple of things Sports Sound you know we're just a couple of guys, you know, world-class podcasters uh, as we are, but we're not really like public service broadcasters. So a couple of things, we tips, a couple of tips if you're commenting on a game, right? If you're doing the old commentary on a football game, go to tell us what time it is when we're all <laughs> sitting here sweating bullets about whether or not... Yeah. The, the, it was like, I kept... Requ- I, I needed time updates on how many minutes were left of this game as I heard about Dundee United's heroics. And I was travelling in the car with someone every two minutes, like, can you refresh that and tell me how long this <laughs> game's gone? It was unbelievable. And then second of all, something that you pointed out, They'll tell you where the ball no, is. No, no, you just, just have to wait and see if somebody scores. It's all just the raising and lowering of voices. You're, you're having to kind of gauge where the hell the ball is. To be fair to every single person that works on BBC Sports Sound, when you're watching your team about to drop points, <laughs> it must be quite difficult right. to comment uh, to comment on the job in hand. It was an exciting car journey to, up to Celtic Park, I have to say. And Melly is right. I, I made things a bit tense. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I was constantly refreshing this thing. But there's nothing quite like it, is there? There's no. nothing quite like it than the hands dropping points when you're on the way to the game it's absolutely terrific I said to Melly that it's, it's because of the era in which I grew up Oh, no, they never dropped points they were brilliant when I was a wee guy and, and Celtic were crap so every time they it's, dropped points it was a celebration but it's not even that it's the fact that this season Melly just talked about that winning run we've been on or the, there was like 21 games unbeaten or something like that we're just wiping the floor away absolutely every day no dropping points anywhere but we're still only three points ahead of them Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I mean and we were six points behind a couple of weeks ago we've managed to get three points which is a good turnaround in yep. short, such a short period of time but I mean we're really looking at going we lose one more and it's so tight it's yes, so yeah. tight and it is but it's back to the old days when you know there is a title it's been so long since we've had a proper title <laughs> race on know. our hands here we were really in the thicket yeah and it's when you're looking at it like last week we were talking about it like Celtic they can't just keep winning every game they're mm. going there's going to be something maybe the Bodo's game in there's the wee the wee drop off where you go right okay that one but in this league we're, we're playing alright we're playing well in some games and we're getting these victories but then you look at that there's 11 games to go yes. this season is getting to the business end and well I think now if Celtic win 9 of those 11 games we'll be champions well it's, you know come you on. and George Yakimakis yeah, that pattern just now <laughs> well look you, you bring us on to it David Yakimakis started for Celtic I like the guy. <laughs> I, 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 I said it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not just coming you on. Need the, calm down. I'm not just. I'm not just coming on the podcast. You know, now after he scores a hat trick, rescues the point, saying I want them to have my babies. What I'm saying is, I, I, I like him. I like his work rate. I like his dig. He scored the perfect hat trick there. He had that sort of fine physique as well. Oh, right, right, that celebration. I don't know what they're eating in Greece <laughs> that, to produce people that look like that. Certainly, <laughs> very different from what I'm eating anyway. <laughs> so he was. He's. I think he's a great player. He's given me shades of Venegar in there as oh. well. He's a, certainly a different option up front. Yeah, uh, Venegar or Hislink is a, a decent comparison, I suppose, because he you. is the sort of <laughs> he is the sort of Plan B striker, I suppose, of this mm. squad. Whereas Venegar or Hislink was very much the big man of the big man and little man partnership yeah. with him and him and Scotty McDee. I just mean the style, the way that he gets in the box, puts himself about. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, I can I can definitely see it. He is. He's, uh, we said it before the game as well when we were on the ways. If you look at that front three, the Giacomacchus, Maida and Jota, it's a handful, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a big cliche and all that, but it's definitely, it's a lot to think about for the defence because they're all completely different players and Giacomacchus offers something that none of our forward line 
do. There was doubts over him, wasn't there? There was definitely doubts over him when he first joined because of the Eredivisie top scorer travelling thing that we've discussed. Then obviously there was the performance and the penalty miss, all that hanging over him, but nobody's talking about that miss penalty now. Well, not only that, there was also the fact that he had had one good season his entire yeah. mm. career. It wasn't like a okay it wasn't like decent season decent season amazing season it wasn't like that it was just nothing and then this enormously yeah, the hot hand. yeah basically just this enormously productive season out of absolutely nowhere so that raised suspicions including me as well because i looked at that and he's got 26 goals or whatever it was in the, the netherlands the team got relegated and you looked at his record and he scored there was a lot of hat tricks and fours and all that mm. in there against the kind of weird teams and i thought oh this is maybe just just kind of fluffed numbers a wee bit, but the guy's been really good. It took a long time, though. It took a long time mm. to get to this point because I remember there were various points of this season where I thought, what is the point of this guy? Because he's not playing, he's not fit. It's taken him ages to get up to match fitness. He's coming in and he's looking okay. But look, I mean, what's that, seven goals? Seven goals yeah. he's got in maybe a dozen appearances. I've not looked and into it's, that. It's but... everything as well. It's the work rate. Yeah, it's yeah, the, I... and, and everything that he brings to his all-round game. Stephen called on plan B. And I'm looking at the squad and I'm thinking, out of everyone that's come in, uh, Kyogo's obviously, you know, a superstar yep. uh, and we're waiting for him to come back. Maeda came in and we're all kind of expecting mm. him to be more or less in the mould of Kyogo given that his record in Japan and he comes over here and all that sort of stuff. But I, I think I think Yakimakis is bringing more to the team right now than Maeda is. In fact, I th I, mm. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, and we'll get on this when we talk about the overall performance of the Dundee game, but I think... And I wonder if the performance against Dundee kind of suffered because we're trying to either shoehorn Maeda into the team or get him minutes. Whereas I think Yakimakis, Jota, or Jota rather, and Abada up front, Stephen Recoil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I could get a job for the BBC right now. Uh, and Abada up there, I think that might be the stronger front three, you know? Uh, right now, I'd say so. Maeda, uh, you're just kind of waiting for him to kick off really but again he's got like, four goals he's, mm. he's getting the goals but with Jakimakis at the weekend we've been so impressed with his performance recently but it's been the the dirty stuff he's been doing it's mm. the tracking back it's the tackling it's the pressing working away and you're like we're getting everything from you but it's just that technique we're worried about he's had some woeful shots and you're just thinking are you just going to be one of those guys who's a nuisance up there mm. but not a goal scorer kind of blew that away at the weekend because all the goals that you can look at them all individually we spoke about it before that uh, he's brilliant at getting in at the front post two of the goals were him at, yeah. in at the front post but the the first goal was very pleasing because some of those shots he's hit have been some of the like, terrible but with that one the turn and the finish was absolutely brilliant it's sort of overhead side on uh, finish it, it was a striker's goal one of those ones like that that could have went anywhere you could have lashed at that but he got over it and he, he finished it with with a plum and then the, the other two tap-ins but that is exactly where you want your striker yeah, yeah. and oh that one i think you're being a, i think you're doing him a disservice calling that third goal a tap-in the way he attacked it at the front post oh but you know what I mean? Like these balls that are yeah. pretty easy okay. for him. It's not anything further back, so it's just right in there. But when you when I was watching the game back, he got a hat trick. Didn't really do much else in the game, but none of the Celtic strikers do because we keep them right up and pin mm. the defence back. So fair enough. But what I like about him is he's getting these goals. He's getting into these areas, but also he got a hat trick. And when you watch it back, there was so many balls flashed across the box. You're thinking. See if he was absolutely flying, he could have had five or six yeah, goals. Yeah. I've got to admit, Stephen, that's one thing that was doing my nut in a wee bit. Like Celtic's approach to the game, like we're only brilliant 
no, in that game. No. In fact, I thought in some periods we were quite poor. And this relentless crossing. And what was getting me was, right, crosses are fine, okay. that uh, You can put the cross in, you can create chances off the back of them. We did, and we scored a couple. But the amount of times the ball would go right over... Yakimakis be attacking the front post but there's nobody at the back post yeah. and, and there was four or five clear cut chances like see if somebody's gambled at the back post they, they would have been goals they would have been goals and, yeah. and it's something that we see a badder do but mm -hmm. nobody was doing it on the opposite side if a badder's not doing it on his side of the pitch you're not seeing Jota or whatever do that there was a couple of moments in the Buda Buda Glimt mm. game which we'll come on to a wee bit later where James Forrest came off the bench and actually did alright as which yeah. we've been we've been talking to him to death recently and he's not really played much this week so he's got a, a week off the relentless criticism yes. <laughs> so, but he, when he came on he actually put in a couple of decent crosses but they were marginally over hit they were, mm. they were back post crosses and there was just nobody there there was just nobody taking taking that gamble at the back post but Yakimakis has been has been great. What I've noticed the, about the the goals is that they're, they're all every single one of them has been sort of one touch opportunistic yeah. goals. Mm -hmm. It kind of uh, this is going to be an awful comparison, right? But Ayeti was kind of like that when he see when he came mm -hmm. into the team at first and he looked really good. He scored like five goals in his first eight or first ten games or something. Like. Yeah, they were all Albion Ayeti by the way, <laughs> in case you forgot. Swiss ace Albion <laughs> yes. Ayeti, Swiss marksman <laughs> Albion Ayeti, currently languishing somewhere around Celtic. But when he came in, he'd it seems like about ten years ago now. He actually did look good, and you're, you're right. It was the it was the zero thought, just instinctive first time lashing it into the goal. And Jackie Marcus has been very much like that. See on his name, right? I, I keep slagging people for calling him Geo Marcus, right? It yeah. absolutely does people's heads in as well on Twitter. But it's now getting to the point where I've spent so much time ridiculing the wrong version that the two have kind of conflated in my mind, basically. So yeah, it's poisoned your mind. Yeah, it's basically, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like when. I saw a video of, of someone saying uh, Stanima over and over again, talking oh. about Stanima, and now I actually have to be deliberate about trying to say the right version now. So I might I might end up saying I might end up shooting myself. Did you finger. catch that? <laughs> even when he went to say the right version of Stamina, he said Stanima. He didn't even catch himself. Oh, <laughs> uh, BBC were good at that as well. Yeah. The sports scene. I think I heard on sports scene four or five different attempts at Yakimakis. <laughs> My favourite being um, Yakimatic. <laughs> Right. I know I know that I'll butcher names on here mm. on occasion, but what I do is I do my best based on using almost all, if not all, of the letters presented to me, and they're handily written on the guy's back as yeah. he's out there running about. So I I make my best stab at it. Plus, if you're a commentator on football matches, it's your job <laughs> to get to get the names. Right. I, I'm convinced it's like some sort of ignorance, like refusal to learn the guys. It's no more complicated than say. Doctor Mukti, or McGlinchey, yeah, or something like that. Why can't everybody say Jackie McNamara, but you can't say Aye. Jackie Marcus? Is it that S? Oh, that S is too foreign for me, mate. I can't <laughs> say that. I absolutely no having it. Um, people in the comments, though, see if we want to talk about pronunciations. Just wait till I start talking about Rogic or Rogic <laughs> or whatever. I just can't even yeah. over the course of one podcast. I give it a couple of stabs. Um, what did you make a Celtic's approach to the game, Ellie? Because the, the performance goes aside, and all this laughs and fun we're having as we do in the <laughs> podcast. Um, it wasn't the best. Yeah, it's a strange one. Uh, when I was watching it back, there's some points you think we were good, but you know, because you're at the game or you're watching it live, you are you're putting this emphasis on it because this is a chance to go three points clear. Mm. We need to take this, and you're sort of every chance that's missed, you're like, oh, it does it gets to you because you just want to see your team win and play well. We did do all right in in parts, but performance could have been better. But again, it's a Sunday game at home against a bottom of the league team that are just going to sit in all day and try and frustrate us and it's after a European game where we had a wee bit of a confidence dent so 
wee couple of changes here and there. The performance wasn't great, but wasn't terrible either. And when you're looking at it again, Dundee scored two from set pieces. We'll probably come mm. on to that. And then they had one chance where it went, the ball inside the left back cross and the guy had it wide at the front post. Apart from that, they had absolutely nothing, mm. but we just seemed to let them into the game in these opportunities. But like I was saying earlier, when the later the game was on, it didn't feel like the Livingston game or the St Mirren game or Dundee United games earlier in the season. You think, not going to be a goal mm. here because... Well, did you have faith? Did you think we were going to pull out the bag? Yeah, I thought so because we were just pressing them back and we had options and even mm. we could make subs. Like, you're bringing on a badder, top goal scorer. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. sort of thing we can do now. So, we've had the games against Ross County, against Dundee United. We've had to get the late goals. So, it's not as if we're going, oh, are we going to get a goal? But even then, this one wasn't late and as soon as it went in, you're like, well, I think we're winning the game now just to not give away corners. But see, they've... I don't know, we've kind of moved on a wee bit, but the feeling when that ball went in is amazing yeah. because you're just like, that's it, we've got it, we're going to win. And I've never seen Stephen do so much emotion. I said, because <laughs> he sits in front of me, I said it on at the match, like, no one Andy Dufresne comes out the other <laughs> side of the jail and he, he's in the water and he's just doing is that. that. How you felt, Stephen? Then? Did, did, did you feel like that game was crawling through a tunnel of shit? <laughs> <laughs> until you until you broke out at the end of it, that Yakimakis Exactly. I had gone through that entire film right up until that that point. Uh, it, it was tremendous. What was it, 86th minute, mm, I think? Yeah. Eventually got the breakthrough. I was starting to wobble a little bit. I was starting to get... And see, the thing is, the atmosphere gets awful tetchy at oh, these I... points as well. And understandably so. It's a tight title race and all that. And there's no excuses for us to not be going out and battering them on a Sunday. When well, you've, when well, you've been given... As much as Ange didn't care about it, he's it pains to dismiss any talk of Rangers results influencing Celtic in any mm. way. That's absolutely fine. That's his prerogative, but it is going to influence the fans oh, regardless. I... There's no getting away from that. There's no way everyone wasn't turning up to that game fully aware of what had happened at Tanadice in that game and thinking... The players know as well. Oh, I know Ange is trying to like, yeah. keep a lid on it and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And what, he makes some good points about how he's always been the same. And the league's not over. Nothing's awarded just now. Blah, blah, blah. It makes some good points, but you're right that everybody knows. The fans know, the players will know, the anxiety starts to creep in. And the thing about it is, Dundee United, Dundee rather, sacked a manager, brought in Mark McGee. Bounce, who, is that a bounce, is it? Look, <laughs> Stephen, Melly, I know we have, over the course of this podcast, you know, referred to Mark McGee as a jobber, you know, <laughs> and we have given him pedals, but I feel bad for him. I do feel bad for him because he has walked in here as a complete heel. And the heat that he is getting from all quarters at the moment, every time he's on the radio, every time he's on the TV, the guy's having to defend himself. And he's basically just reading out his CV. Even yeah. when he's asked about, well, how did you feel today? He went, <clears throat> I remember back when I was a uh, manager of Wolves and I nearly got them promoted. Or was it manager of Reading when I nearly got them promoted? <laughs> it's one of these 964 games I've managed. He's really he's reading off his LinkedIn profile every time he's... he's Steve Bruce, isn't he? He's your Steve Bruce. I just feel bad for him. I feel I feel like it's gone too far. Um, but there is no getting away from the fact that's that going to happen when your best mate gives you a job yeah. and you're banned for six of the yeah, twelve. That's games, what I was about like. to say. There is no getting away from the fact that Dundee sacked a guy that um, that was apparently well liked. They brought in Gordon Strachan's mate, and he has to spend <laughs> the next six games in the in the stand watching his team. That should work in our favour, though. Yeah. We shouldn't be conceding two goals to mm. a team uh, under those circumstances. The team, as you say, Melly, more or less bottom of the league. The schools were poor. Yeah, yeah, there's no getting away from it. I said just last week that you know, it's impossible to blame 
last season's set piece thing on this current mm. team and then they go and concede two and mug me right off <laughs> yeah. so I'll keep my mouth shut about that in future but oh, you should have seen him the other day <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's nothing to do with last season but the same at the same time we kind of keep conceding these and they were really really basic as well oh, it wasn't like against Aberdeen I, I came away from that thinking, right, that was well-worked stuff there. That can happen. Teams concede set pieces. It's impossible to close it off altogether. And their Rangers conceded one at the weekend as well, and that's what did for them. The Aberdeen was well-worked stuff. There was a lot of, kind of inbox screening and blocking off of runs and all that. Right, that's fine. But you watch those ones against Indy back, and you're like... Uh, I, think it was, I think it was their second goal. I think we spoke on a tactics podcast or a scouting podcast, um, which is a thing we do for Patreon, um, about player profile last season and yeah. how there wasn't an awful lot of aggressive ball winning aerial threats in either box for Celtic last season and I think we're we're in a similar boat just now because one of the Dundee goals can't remember if it was the first or the second someone screened Matt O'Reilly it was his guy that scored yeah, at the back first goal, yeah. with the first, first goal yeah. but he screened him just by putting his hand out and you're thinking if that's a defender if that's Carter Vickers if that's somebody a bit stronger that's no stopping you do you know what I mean you're, you're making sure you're there first it was very very soft and I think there is an element creeping in where maybe we're just a bit too confident but Matt O'Reilly doesn't feel he needs to bust a gut to mm. win that ball because he thinks someone else will get it and there's a wee bit of responsibility needed at the back. Well, he and Hatate weren't too clever for the Aberdeen set pieces mm, either. Yeah. They they kind of went to sleep a wee bit. So they, they're brand new players. That It's going to take them time to get up to speed with these things. As, as good as they've all been, I mean, we've spoken at length about these guys and the impact they've had already. It's maybe going to take a wee bit of time to get used to that. The first goal, he was actually facing the wrong way by the time the ball arrived, mm. which looked very odd. It was kind of Shane Duffy esque stuff. Remember that meme of him? Just no, I've deleted all that from my mind. <laughs> I've watched this in Sparta Prague. He was scrapped at the weekend, wasn't he? Was he? Duff, mm. was he? With his own teammate. Oh, goodness me. But um, yeah, O'Reilly hasn't been too clever on that. But then you, you look at the, the second one, it's nothing to do with naive brand new players that's like established centre halves and the guy just arrives between the two of them and yep. nods it in under very little pressure uh, Marvin Bartley made an interesting point on that about uh, on that particular free kick on sports scene about how Celtic's defensive line for that set piece is awfully far out so if you kind of swing the ball into the area between that line and the goal because of such a distance basically everybody's running towards the goal at the same time it's just a, it's a, like a it's like a 15-man man, char a man charge to yeah. the words of go. If you put the ball in there, it's going to be very difficult to get it back out of there, regardless of what way you're facing. So in a way, that, that puts the advantage in Dundee's boat there. It puts the advantage that in their the boat. Advantage in the, boat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the The corners thing is probably more frustrating for Celtic fans because it, it does feel like we concede a lot from them and is it because we concede we feel that we concede a lot from corners but also feel that like we can't score one oh that's what exactly I was <laughs> going to say because the, the Bodo Glimp game like that there was one corner we got and Jota passed it straight to their player mm. the right right yeah, to him comical, yeah. so, the, the, so there's, there's the fact that Celtic aren't doing very well at set pieces I think Man United what was it 140 attempts they took from corners to score before the weekend not in the one match obviously <laughs> but uh, so like, you don't often score from them but you have to defend them better because when we're looking at Celtic we've played really well recently but in the goals we've conceded domestically it's all been set pieces and that has been the Aberdeen game where we managed to get a goal back both games you won 3-2 but you can't go into games all the time giving teams that advantage where they could possibly get a, a goal from a corner because at one point it will slip up. We are playing well enough to score goals, but that's not going to happen every game. And again, 
looking at the game as a whole, we didn't concede any chances, but if you're going to concede simple goals from set pieces, it will cost you at some point. So we need to cut it out because if we do, we barely concede chances. So teams won't score against us, which means we should win. Well, yeah, if, if, they, if, we, if we're limiting the chances, as you say, we hardly ever concede any chances. But I think the part of the problem is, I mean, if you look at our squad, Stephen, how many guys do you trust to clear, get a good clearance on a corner in the box like attack it? You've got... Carter Vickers, yeah. undeniable. Joe Hart is pretty good, although I don't know how good he is coming for crosses. Maybe Starfelt. I'm looking through the rest of the team and I'm like, Yakamakis, maybe if he's playing. It depends who plays because when you watch, uh, if, if you are picking a, what you'd maybe say is our strongest defence, it'd be probably Taylor Juranovic as fullbacks. Mm. Not going to get nah, much there. Them, no. yeah. If you're, if Kyogo's fit, he plays up front so you don't have Yakamakis. So you could be looking at Defending set pieces with only Carter Vickers and Starfelt. Maybe if you've got O'Reilly in midfield a bit height, because even if we've got guys like Beaton and Rogic playing, they're no good at heading no, the ball no. anyway. So the amount of goals Beaton's cost us by just not marking MD. So that's a difficult one. But what do you do then? Do you just go out and buy big players? Because that's not the way we're going to play. So we have to look at ways where we can stop this and don't get blocked, don't get the runners doing it I still think we, we only leave one person up front I'd maybe put two up front just so they yeah, have to, to limit the numbers free. they can have the books there's no denying we do an, a, a, analyse these set pieces Celtic do I know there's yeah. rumours out there that Celtic don't do it they absolutely do they do and I think Stephen when you're talking about when we take that high line it's kind of like trying to play a sort of pseudo offside trap sometimes isn't it or mm. you're trying to get guys caught out and it, it just didn't work in the in the Dundee well, game what that takes is reliance on Scottish officials to get it don't, right well, that's that's it. and if, if look I, I don't know if MD we're a Celtic podcast we don't really focus too much on what happens with Rangers um, <laughs> so if you don't know that Rangers drop points that weekend all you need to do is like open a newspaper or listen to listen to BBC Sports Sound and they'll talk about referees Twitter <laughs> search VAR yeah no, yeah um, because but we've been talking about referees all season and told just to got shut on up. I uh, just got on with it. It's the, the way to know Rangers <laughs> drop points at the weekend is because everyone's talking about referees all yep. of a sudden. And I, I, my favourite thing at the moment is Rangers fans and Rangers minded pundits <laughs> going, We need to start talking about this. We, our dignified silence <laughs> has lasted. Hey, lads, you wrote a letter to the SFA not yeah. after your first red card in two years. You were screaming about it. The, the, <laughs> did you see Charlie McGrew? Charlie McGrew, for those uh, looking just over Stephen's shoulder, oh, yeah, you yeah, might say, like, forever immortalised because I love the man. And <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to do the... This is day one of me asking Charlie McGrew to come on this podcast. <laughs> um, did you see his did you see his <laughs> interview in Sports? Yeah, you've made that up. Just absolutely never a pen. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, but the thing is, it just shows you how tight this is, Stephen. You know, these yeah. wee marginal calls and games... I mean, Rangers should be beating Dundee United without the help of a referee or a penalty. Um, these wee calls in the games, they can cost you a lot in this league. Ah, yeah, and Brother Madden will not have been popular down the no. lunch uh, the other night. Definitely not. Goodness me, that's a that's a big failure from him. So he'll be, can't, he'll be not uh, uploading any pictures on his Instagram account <laughs> this week, the celebrity ref. <laughs> no, definitely. Oh, look, it's, it's, an, uh, it's a terribly boring subject at this point now, Scottish referees. and We, we could literally dedicate an entire hour's podcast yeah. to it every week, basically, but, but it's... It's so tiresome, but they're crap, though. Yeah, they are, the yeah, thing is, that's it. The thing is, they're crap, right? The referees are crap. But the difficulty or the, the issue I have is Celtic complain about that um, daft refereeing decisions. They're told just to go on with it. Yep. Oh, you need to go on with it. There was a couple of weeks ago, they had the big debate on Sports Sound where Craig Levine, a man who <laughs> has suffered at the hands of bad refereeing, 
was saying, I don't know what happens. Somebody needs to explain to me what happens because if a referee sees something and he doesn't make the decision and it benefits a team, then he must be incompetent. And the, the panel are having none of You cannot yeah. call referees incompetent. This week, would Rangers suffer? Oh, well, we need to have a word about these referees. Can we bring <laughs> VAR in? Should we have more referees? Full time, full time. I know, it's 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 the disparity in coverage. When Rangers are affected negatively, that's all you hear yeah. is referees. Melee. Another thing just before we leave the Rangers game. Uh, I've been meaning to make this prediction on the podcast for a while, but my prediction is that Aaron Ramsey will not start 10 league games. <laughs> oh, aye. He has 11 league games left. Um, I, I, I did see Stephen, and I want you to talk, because I've been talking for way too long. <laughs> now, they said, hey, the greatest British signing since Gaza. Um, yeah. I think Gaza today is fitter than Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> today. It may well be. He still looks pretty game, Gaza. <laughs> I've not seen him for a long time, in fairness, but... Uh, what if, I mean, we we sat here when he when Aaron Ramsey signed. They said, you know what, hmm. big big old brackets, big old like caveat here. If he gets fit, he could be some player for them. Turns out the first part of that was virtually impossible, so there was no point in talking about it. Reluctant entirely to write him off Melly because oh, no, he's, okay. he's a good player. But sometimes these signings arrive in Scottish football, right? For either us or Rangers, they basically do nothing. Yeah. For the whole time they're here, except that one Glasgow derby where they absolutely <laughs> run the show, like Roy Keane, for example, where they absolutely run the show. Now I'm like, something back in my mind, it's like, just be careful mm. what you wish for with Aaron Ramsey, because if he turns it on in one of these games, you're like, oh no, you know, if we get a Gino draw. Gino was the same when he, he'd, yeah. in fact, that was his debut actually against Rangers and he was brilliant and that was it. Yeah, you, you see that quite a lot. So, I mean, we're not going to get that off of Diallo because he's chucked it. <laughs> just see about when he called himself for offside. <laughs> he called himself offside. Somebody played him through and he just kind of went like, nah, I'm offside. <laughs> And then everyone was like, what are you doing? was furious about it. Um, but uh, look, we need to be, we, we can laugh and joke about it, really. And we are going to laugh yeah. and joke about it. But um, the, the, there are fine margins in this league. Oh, I, that's the, the thing, as you said earlier, look, we've been playing so well, we just seem to be winning game after game, but it is only three points and we do have the better goal difference, but that's one loss that could swing at any point. So we just need to, we need to do what Andrew's saying and just concentrate on ourselves now because see now we're not relying on MDLs yeah. before uh, when we come back from January like right we've got a game against them we could take it down to three points but we're relying on other teams to take something off them now we're not now we're not it's all in our own hands now in this form you kind of think oh it can't continue but Celtic can win nine games in a row in the league can't they? Don't say things like that, Melly. Well, if you just take, we just need to go back to what we did not last season, but the season before, one game at a time and tick them off. Mm. And we've been doing that recently. And Stephen's mentioned that a couple of times over the course of this season. There's going to be loads of games like that Dundee game littered throughout the season where you win by the odd goal. But that is why you win leagues because you win those games rather than yeah, draw yeah, them. Yeah. So we, even when we're not playing brilliant, we're still getting wins in now and. Even when we do play, we're sparkling. So if we can just get get that balance back, we possibly go out of Europe this week as well. Mm. So that might give us a wee break in between games as well. To get and Kyogo and Turnbull might be back soon. So yeah. there's options there. So it's good to know we just need to keep winning because boy oh boy, I'll load up if we win the league this season. Just a uh, just a uh, one game at a time. But he's already talking about winning the league. So he's, <laughs> he's frightening the shit out of me with this. Jack Amakis has got <laughs> in our head, poisoning our minds. And see, see when you're saying that about how right, it's kind of in Celtic's hands, we, we need to win a certain amount of games. I think that's what Jack Amakis meant. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, he is. <laughs> Rather controversial said, yes. I think we'll win the championship, <laughs> which was very unfortunate after the game. But the, part of me thinks, right, 
where possible, just shut up and go on with it, right? Mm. But at the same time, I'm not going to wring my hands about it. See the amount of people have been saying, oh, this is the, this is the motivation Rangers need. Yeah. Why? Uh, someone, the, some journalist did say, uh, I can't remember, I would be playing this to the Rangers. Now, imagine that Gio walks in. You heard what, what Jackie Marcus said. Gets his wee phone out. I think Celtic have... Oh, <laughs> oh you just must be raging at that. The players would just look at him like, all right, okay. Yeah, you're hard. I, know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, they should have the motivation to win the league anyway without Jackie Marcus Aye. stirring things up, pinning that up to be, the dressing wall and all that. It'll just be Twitter. It'll be brought back up if, if Rangers do mm. win the league. But I, I was... Well, I, I wish he hadn't said it, but at the same time, you're like, do you know what? Good. If the players believe they're good enough to go and win yeah. the league, because... Look at the state of us. A matter of well, at the start of the season, you're like, how are we going to get through this season without? We'd lost three out of our first six games, three away games on the trot. Yeah. And you're like, what is going to happen this season? Now we've turned the tide. We've went mm-hmm. from six points behind to three points. And how clear. how long's that? Been? What two weeks? Just three weeks or something? How long's that been? Oh, January, middle of January. Yeah. So just over a month. Jesus Christ! What a th- what a turnaround. <laughs> 
their shed travel bag and a pair of their anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys cool and collected. That whole package, 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com, use code TIMS. We have sort of tried to balance the Dundee talk between how good the goals were and how the performance was and all that, Stephen. Is there anything you would change though after the game looking at that, knowing that the title race is still very close, knowing that we, we win these nine games, we need to go on the winning run and keep winning. Is there anything you're looking at that Dundee game going, look, we need to improve in this area, drop this guy out, bring this other guy in, change this up? Uh, well, I think the, the fullbacks was the thing going into it because Taylor came out, which, which really surprised me, actually. Mm. He had a terrible game against Bodo, but I think Ange, by and large, trusts him quite a lot and I didn't expect him to come out the team, but I think Ralston was great, to be honest. Oh, I think he had a, he had a great he performance like and, and a, a crucial contribution with uh, Big Gigi's third goal. Yeah. The, the fullbacks don't really concern me. I'm starting to wonder if we've got a, a couple of problems out wide, though. Yeah, we Remember, do. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of problems. Despite being stacked in numbers in terms of your know, players who can fill these positions. I don't know if anything's necessarily working out wide just now. Throwing a lot of things at the wall and mm. I don't know if necessarily th things are really working because Jota, I, th I, th I think he was desperately poor against Bodo but yeah. I think he was better on the right. I don't know if that's his best position either. Kind of, as you maybe alluded to earlier on, kind of shoehorning Maida into I the team so. I think um, a bit of that. to try and get him minutes. I think I'm, I've got my eye on the, the, the wings just now. Mm. I think Abada comes back in for the next game right enough. I think you just basically just go back to Abada and Jota and find some minutes for Maida elsewhere. Maybe through the middle, but you kind of drop Giacomacus after that. But yeah, the wings are, are starting to have, uh, have a little bit of concern for me. I'm the same. I think it's come this summer and I know it's a, a while away yet, but ideal world you sign Carter Vickers and Jota because they've both been brilliant. Mm. Uh, I'll just quickly like, see Carter Vickers. He's sort of coming into his own as a Celtic player. Like, the celebrations after every goal was class. He was grabbing on a Jackamacus and giving him the old dig. Then he boots the ball into the stand for that. one of them and then jumps over and's going, fucking yes, when they score. So he's coming into his own bit. Spot on impression. Oh, really? It's the accent in it. <laughs> the, but with Jota, obviously get him signed up because he's brilliant, but I still feel Jota and Abad are good, but we need somebody yeah, else yeah, of the yeah. same sort of quality or something different because Forrest hasn't been doing it this season. Mikey Johnson's injured again and I don't quite think Maeda's a wide player no, I don't really, through, through the middle. Maeda for me... I just wonder if we're still no used to maybe finding his runs or something. He does yeah. a lot of running about. He's scored a couple of goals. Admittedly, none of them have been absolutely brilliant. Don't forget, he's got five men in front of him and he's still called offside as well. <laughs> that was <laughs> un I have. That's another one. That's no. one of these decisions you're like... The Lino must have been like thinking about what he's going to have for dinner night and then <laughs> notice like, Jesus, oh, well, just date and it's done. <laughs> that that um, total punt. <laughs> my dad... I'm relaxed about Maida just now. I don't That's think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's been playing great. I think he was quite poor against Aberdeen. I don't know if he's. But he's con contributing again. Yeah. He's, he's getting goals. He's making himself busy all the time. He's constant movement. He's constantly making runs and and working very hard. But it kind of goes to what I was saying last week about how you know maybe it's it, a lot has been happening this season. We've had a lot of players come in and hit the ground running. With a Jota who's been brilliant. Kyogo, oh, we know the list. But now yeah. basically every signing has come in and been brilliant. But I feel like that has hindered the opportunities for players to just come in and settle in. I feel yeah. like we've kind of done away with the idea that players need a wee bit of bed and in time and he's only been here for about a dozen games. Plus he deserves an enormous amount of credit I suppose for finishing a season then coming straight into another yeah. season yeah, and being six games and I can kind of see why the manager plays him but I just think it maybe upsets maybe upsets the balance a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the reason I asked you what you would change about the Dundee United game is because I want to know what we need to do to win these European games. I mean what happened against mm. Bodo that to me 
looked Celtic recently there was the Rangers game and the Motherwell game and I think the performances since then have sort of taken a dip mm. but that Bodo game I'll be honest it was giving me flashbacks of last season Melly it's a strange one because Celtic started the game well we were got in behind and the ball flashed across and their left back sort of nearly put it in his own net but managed to clear it for a corner and you think right good start but then when you've seen them getting the ball and passing you're like oh hold on a minute this is a good team mm. because they're very slick on the ball and they managed to get the goal and it was a poor goal for Celtic to lose and you're like oh this is a good team but we were speaking it just before we started recording we don't get tested like that at all mm. no. domestically and for to concede that goal but it was a strange game Celtic didn't play well didn't play terribly but conceded three goals without conceding chances again they were just ruthless in the attack and it killed they got an early goal within the first five to ten minutes and then a goal within ten minutes of the restart at half time and they scored right after we scored killing mm. all momentum with Celtic so we didn't ever get into the game with a, a decent enough start but then a couple of minutes later we're behind you're coming out at half time right come on boys and you're another goal down you get a goal back and then bang they score again it's just like just was it was a bad night at the office for Celtic. It didn't seem to come off for us. And said before the game when we were trying to we were looking at the lineup and the thing we picked out was Rogic in there yeah, with O'Reilly. There's definitely I, selection problems, I think. I don't like the balance of that. And I said to Stephen at the game before they'd even scored the first goal that Rogic is blowing already. <laughs> and there was just so much space right. in the midfield. Now it's not all Rogic's fault, but I just feel the balance was be better if it was Hatati and Rogic or Hatati and O'Reilly but with Rogic and O'Reilly in there seen it a couple of times so far and it's not really worked for us I think part of the thing for me Stephen two things I think the, the perception of Bodo Glenn didn't help yeah, I think yeah. Bodo were a good team as yeah. Melly said now we'd assumed that the fact that they were early or in pre-season the fact that they'd lost a lot of players and there was a bit of squad churn there we thought maybe they won't be so good anymore but the fact of the matter is they were still good yeah, if yeah. we'd played Bodo right after they beat Roma with that and, and got that result we think well we we would never think we were going to beat Bodo we thought they were a good one a good team rather secondly I think the, the issue is the step up in quality right so when we're playing week in week out I know every team in Scotland does this and Rangers getting that result in Europe didn't help the perception of our result but when you look at the sort of the slack passing the way the defence was sixes and sevens for one goal switched off another goal you can survive that in Scotland, but see against a, a decent European outfit like Bodo, you just you just don't survive it. Yeah, well, that's the, there's been a lot of debate about the whether or not is the is the fault of Scottish football that mm. we come up against come a cropper in Europe, and I think like people obviously bristle at that because like, it's no their fault that Celtic go out and shit the nest in Europe, you know, mm. just because we are we've got far less uh, resources than than you, so you can't really blame the opposition. But where I do with it, I agree with it to an extent, is that. We're simply not punished for those things yeah. in domestic football. Now, I've been talking quite a lot. He didn't start this game, and that's been a, a source of debate as, debate as well. Hatati didn't start, but what I've been talking about a lot with Hatati is that he gives the ball away all the time. Yeah. But I'm, mm. I'm okay with that because he's always trying to make things happen. But this is, again, this is just an example. It's not this particular game. But if you do that in Europe, you will be ruthlessly seized upon, and that's what Bodo were good at. I find myself wondering why these teams are always 
bigger, stronger and faster. And the players concerned. cost pennies yeah, compared to yeah, what we pay. It's kind of like the Copenhagen thing mm. all over again, but... It was very uh, like Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was actually. There was, a, there was a sort of perception that, you know, we could just go out and sign their players. I, I jokingly <laughs> tweeted, sign that left-back in, in a sort of arrogant, obtuse way, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we could just go and hand-pick them right out of that team. But the fact that matters, a lot of the time, by the time that they're found by Bodo, they're put in the performances in Europe and they're moving up the next club, we, in all likelihood, maybe can't afford them. I, I, yeah. I don't know. But that Bodo team, Melly, they were just like... It was, it was, I think what hurts me quite a lot about these results is there's a, there's an element of, I want us to be Bodo. <laughs> yeah. I want us to be the sort of up and coming trendy yeah. European outfit that is catching everyone's eye with this trendy manager and the slightly shite but good strip as well. I want us to be that. Well, well so I jump in there. What you want as well is for Europe to look upon a game like that and for investigations to take place yeah. and for them to find out that, oh, Celtic are just really well run. That's yeah, the thing. That's, they're yeah. just so well run. They get their recruitment right. They get their, their, this manager they've uh, got, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's I want that, that about us for a change. <laughs> Do you not think we're uh, on the path to that? But because I, I feel like we're on the path to that, yes. But I also feel like we are the team that help other teams get discovered at all times. Aye. Every time a team beats us, people start going, oh, "What about that Bodo Glint? What about them? <laughs> what about them?" Like, oh my god, not this clues. Again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> clues. You're like, what about clues? They're, they're going places. Yeah, I get what you mean there. In the the Bodo game when you're looking at Celtic, like we're kind of. We're at the start of this, but whereas Bodo, yes, they did lose a lot of players and brought players, a couple of players in, but there's players, I think two of the players that they replaced with are, came from within the club. Mm. So this style of play, the manager, the way they do everything is embedded in that club. Celtic are just at the start of that. Yeah. And I was uh, thinking about the, their manager, they know exactly how they're going to play. So I'm hoping that Celtic will get there at some point. But something Stephen was saying as well was that, look, Last year in this competition, well, in the Europa League, we were getting battered by Sparta Prague. And he said, look, a year on, we're doing quite well in Europe. Mm. It's not even a year. We're like eight months on from into the season and we're doing well. I'm not going to say, oh, you get a free pass for this because I think Celtic could have played much better. Well, that, well that's it. Yeah. Sorry to jump across, but the thing that we can, we can like sort of play this down or we like, oh, we were this, we were that. It was different. But the fact of the matter, what annoyed me the most was it was all that fast-paced, closing, one-two touch stuff. The, the the stuff that we've seen and we've enjoyed from Ange in the last couple of months, it just wasn't there against Bodo. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't yeah. there. And it's not like there was glimpses of, oh God, we're attacking, 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 and then the catchers, admittedly, the third goal more or less killed things. But there was just like none of that Ange Postacoglu space about the <laughs> Celtic team. Yeah, there was, there was a complete lack of space. And um, <laughs> Just thinking about Bodo Glimp as well. Like this isn't a just this team that's just come in and out. They have been the champions for two years in a row. They get good results in the Europa League this year. I think they've done all right in the Europa League last mm. year. So it's not as if they are just coming in and they're all of a sudden brilliant. Celtic are sort of developing as we go this season. And when you look throughout the team, a lot of them haven't played European football. And at the weekend, I went to the Sunderland game against MK Dons. To see Paddy Roberts, obviously. I <laughs> was one. I mean, Jesus, why else would you subject yourself to that? But uh, watching the game, <laughs> Sunderland had that big Ross Stewart up front, mm. and MK Dons had some big guy up front and brought on Connor Wickham up front. Mm. Football was terrible, right? Absolutely shocking. A lot of long balls and that. Very little quality. Admire your commitment to the meme, though. <laughs> <laughs> Got to see him. <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking, like, this is what Matt O'Reilly used to play in. Yeah, that yeah. is a huge jump going from there to Europe. And 
while Celtic are playing well and we kind of forget about this bedding in period, that whole team pretty much haven't got much experience in Europe and it is a big jump going from playing Rafe Rovers the, at the weekend to Bodo Glimp. While Celtic should have done better, it will be a learning curve for us and I think this time next year will maybe be where Bodo Glimp are now. So is that what you think killed us, Stephen, the step up in quality? Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, for now I think that there are two two things at play here. I think I, I agree with both points being made here. I think that Celtic are at the very very beginnings of this journey, and I think it is important to acknowledge how far we've come in that space of time between getting pumped home and away mm. against Sparta Prague. I mean, COVID ridden, uh, COVID, <laughs> COVID ridden, <laughs> Sparta Prague reserves after the first game. Although, man, that will never happen that again. That was abysmal. Oh, it was oh. absolutely abysmal. Four one home and away. Yeah. That that won't happen again. <laughs> I, I, so we've come from that to coming up against the Norwegian champions in that space of time and come short so far. And again, Anne says it's only half time, but you know the reason that people react so strongly to a result like that. Even if you acknowledge it's half time, you you react strongly to it for a reason because mm. you know it's very unlikely that that will be yeah. overturned. I'm not saying it won't be. I mean, but no away goals, but even still, yeah, yeah, that, you that, still need to beat them on aggregate, don't you? That's it. So that's the first thing to acknowledge that we're maybe just not ready for that. But the other part of it is, and it's something you said, Jamie, as well, that just played quite strangely. It wasn't yeah. that mm. all that familiar a performance. I think maybe if we'd played in a more familiar and energetic way it may be I don't know if it'd have been easier to take but it would have been more explainable I think it would have been I think just if we'd approached it the way that Ange normally approaches these games you could have said right we gave it a good go you know I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a European performance where you thought oh we were right unlucky well, there the, the crowd were quite confused at points including myself I mean I, I can only speak <laughs> for myself but yeah, I, just, <laughs> I can only speak for myself of course but you, you pick up the general atmosphere but it seemed we were sitting off quite a bit in midfield and they didn't need any invitation to take take mm -hmm. that space on so when that happened everyone was like what's happening here we don't usually give teams this amount of space so it was a wee, wee bit weird like that it was a Again, overall strange performance. <laughs> Do you think he got the selection wrong? There was a lot of people saying that the, the Roderick and O'Reilly thing yeah. doesn't work. I don't necessarily buy into that, that it doesn't work, as in you just can't pick these two guys, they can't possibly play no. the same midfield together. I just thought Roderick had a terrible game. And it, basically you're a man doing in that instance. Yeah, yeah he did. And um, it's that old familiar... European thing with Tom Rogic mm. he's not we're still all these years in we're still waiting for that big European performance from Tom Rogic now he's not been completely anonymous in Europe but he hasn't had that sort of definitive but I mean even guys like James Forrest and all that like he's had big European games even yeah. it, it was amazing against Bayern Munich oh, a few years ago absolutely like unplayable has the the term I generally hate but it, it applies here it was absolutely brilliant what an assist that night yeah yeah and it, so he's, he's never had really had that. I'm not expecting him to turn up against Bayern Munich, but he's not really turned up against many of mm. these sort of middle middle ground European oppositions. But I, I don't I don't know about the balance. I would need to see it more often. I was surprised that Hatate didn't play, given how he's played. Uh, he and O'Reilly seemed like a, a good bet for it, considering how well they played against Rangers together. But that's in hindsight. I didn't say anything about it before the game. I wasn't really that bothered because Tom Rogic has been excellent this season in spells and has been has turned up with big performances. So I wasn't that surprised to see him. I think overall it was we we recorded our at the match podcast going to it, which is available at patreon.com slash twenty minute Tims. Mm -hmm. And I came away from it and I and I listened to it back. I listened to it back the next day and I sounded like a guy who had been waiting for a film to come out for years <laughs> and went along to see it 
and it was shite. You talked about Alien, you talked about Prometheus again. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I went along to it, but it's not that I hated it at the time, it's that it took me a few weeks to realise mm. it was crap. I kind of talked myself into thinking that was, was that all right? Or did it really not make sense? And that's kind of how I was after that game because so, I came away thinking, but it wasn't that bad. But mm. So we, we could have done better there. But then in the cold light of day, it probably was quite a poor so, performance. So what do we need to do, Melly, to get through this tie? Hope and pray. I don't, I, I don't know. It's all the usual things, but we're going away in Europe to a plastic pitch like, yes. oh, <laughs> against a good team. And Celtic's problem in Europe this season has been we concede far too many goals. Yeah. Far too many I mean, goals. Uh, uh, was that three against Betis, three against Bodo, three against Leverkusen? Uh, well, four three against four, four three against Betis, and three two against Leverkusen, a four nil. Even Joblinek we let in two goals mm. going all the way back. So we are conceding far too many goals. But again, we can get ripped apart because it's a European game, but it's the the sim simplicity of the goal sometimes. You know, that, the movement was just too good. P people switching off. Like Greg Taylor had a shocker. I get absolutely rinsed by that boy mm. after all the fans so were having, having a go at him. He just, just went past him as if he wasn't there. So you get punished in these games. But we, we can't go into European games needing to score four goals to win the game because if we're going to come up against big teams, good teams, they will score against you if you give them chances. And... We didn't even give them that many chances, but they just ruthlessly took them. And you're just thinking, if it was the other way about and Celtic managed to do that to teams, it'd be class. Yeah. But is when that the get... difference? Is that, is, it, is that purely the difference? Is it less, or oh, that it was just weird and confusing? Is it is the fact really that it was quite evenly matched, but they scored their goals? They, they just took think, their chances? I, I think that's what Callum McGregor said after the game. Really? Yeah, exactly. that, was, that was more or less his comments after the game. Yeah. You know, we got into good scoring opportunities, good scoring positions, but we didn't take the, didn't take the chances. Right. It's yeah. a, bit, a bit like us, we expected Patter. We yeah. quite often create good opportunities XP. for Patter and <laughs> miss quite a lot of them as well. So our XP is very, very high. Aye, we often <laughs> let people down. <laughs> you, you often leave this podcast confused. <laughs> Yeah. It's disappointed <laughs> It's been a confusing week Because you've got that Bodo Glimp game mm. And you're like Oh maybe we're not quite Where we want to be yet And then at the weekend It was obviously coupled With Rangers beating Dortmund You're like How the hell did they yeah, do yeah. that mm. Then you get to the weekend You stretch your league in the, Lead in the league And you're like Yes But I think What I said earlier Is It was a strange game Because they got goals At smashing times for mm. them Start of the match So Right after that, Celtic are chasing the game. We're at home and we were missing chances. Of course, myself and the rest of the crowd, like, oh, come on. And, and that's just the way it is. I like, love his, the impressions I like his impressions this week, guy. You're like, yes. And you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm more rowdy at the game. <laughs> and the one after half time as well, and then getting it after we scored, mm. it just sucked the life out of it. Because as soon as we got that goal from Maeda, you're like, right, okay, we've got minutes here. We can get on here and press on them. Then right away, you're a goal down and people just go, well, we're not going to come back in this game. Yep. Now that's it dead. So that third goal was an absolute sucker punch. But it was weird in the sense that it didn't feel like a Celtic Ange Postacoglu team. Yep. But it's just that it was a bad night at the office. But wasn't it but, even do you think, that so bad? Before the, before the match, there was bets. I think Celtic were the most bet upon team to win the conference. Uh, really? Yeah, no. I think Celtic were the most bet upon team to win the conference part. That was come. You know, there was a lot of talk that Celtic could get past Bodo and you know talk about booking flights. And we were ambitious. We were yeah, yeah. we were ambitious going Quite into that right, game. Man. Should be. You should be. Uh, look, 
we still have the wait time. Um, Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. The coverage for that game is we're going to have opposition focus, a piece of writing, uh, um, an article by Keenan Foreman, who will look into the opposition. We are going to have live match build-up on Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. Us three live video content, bringing you the build-up to the game right up to kickoff. We are going to have a reaction podcast out after it, and we're going to have uh, an article with player ratings and a match review. That is the coverage you get for Celtic away games in Europe. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. There'll be graphic here and a link in the bio um, just a minute no I can't I'm hearing that Bowling Goalie's leaving the club <laughs> can't breaking is this breaking news breaking news uh, Bowling Goalie's leaving Bowling Goalie's leaving the club um, all the other nonsense aside Stephen about Bowling Goalie Melly and all the chatter online and all the stats and everything that you could talk about Bowling Goalie the fact of the matter is um, expensive but failed signing um, of the window um, of of Neil Lennon's tenure, rather, of many expensive infield signings. Yeah, and I think uh, the risk of being controversial here, I think um, we as a support in general have maybe over-intellectualised what is essentially just a flop signing. Yeah, uh, the it, was guy, crap. it was crap. Yeah, the guy came in, looked awful from the word go, and I mm. won't hear any argument about that. He was terrible from the word go. People vastly overreacted to that. There was an overcorrection that said he was outstanding in this game. And it, the it truth was, is it was the game at Ibrox where game at people Ibrooks changed and, their names to on Twitter. Maybe. Aye, and against Lazio where I, I don't know, I barely, barely mm. remember his performance in that game as well. Huge overcorrection to that. But what you're talking about there is two maximum games out of about thirty or forty appearances he made for Celtic and he was poor. He Multiple was managers poor. have not trusted him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we've overdone it with the with the stat stuff about how he, he's the best at going forward, he's the best in this position, he offers this, he offers that. It, it, truth is, I don't know where the stats for that came from because it sure as hell wasn't it for Celtic. <laughs> where are these numbers coming from? Because he barely played in the last two years. It's It, it was a terrible signing and I'm I'm glad he's gone, even if his greatest crime was being too damn horny. <laughs> uh, the, the thing about it, right, it doesn't matter. Albina Yeti could be a world-class finisher. Bowling goalie could be the best dribbler and crosser of a ball at the club, right? But they're not applying it. They're not yeah, yeah, they're it. not applying that work to Celtic. They don't want to play for Celtic. They're not yeah. interested. So I mean, bowling goalie is so far down the peck now that it's unbelievable that Liam Scales has come in for the League of Ireland and, and just slotted straight in. Now Liam Scales is yeah. an okay, he's a fine footballer. It is is Liam Scales, but he's obviously applying himself, he's obviously earned the manager's trust, and it's something that bowling goalie couldn't do. And for four and a half million quid, that's just we it's mad to me that we just write off a player, four and a half million flop. I'll be yeah. in a Yeti five and a half million flop. It's crazy. Barkas. Barkas four and a half million flop. I mean, they're the new three amigos, aren't they? Oh, no. <laughs> the modern day three amigos. Right. Terrible, man. He <laughs> was a terrible player, to be fair to Stephen. His first, I think it was a European game. Sarajevo, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, that guy's terrible. And <laughs> you know that way you, you sign a player and you think, nah, it might just be a bad game. It's pre season, he's in a, a new team and all that. But. He didn't get that much better for me. Just there wasn't any games where I thought he was good. They had what an assist against Cluj, but I can't really remember him doing anything outstanding. Just another guy, like even that game we get beat by Rangers just before the new year. He went into hiding. He, mm. he had no guts yeah. about him. He didn't want to get back in the team. Neil Lennon bought him in and tried to offload him. And this is the He got chances again though, didn't he? Yeah. And just played, played him in the game. Played two games yeah. this season, yeah. so just out of necessity, really, but he didn't do anything in them. That's... But he had that, that was his opportunity. Ange always talks about opportunities, yeah. and you need to take it, and he was given it, and he didn't take it. But this is the this has been the problem that Celtic were winning trophies, were winning trebles, four of them, mind that. And mm. we were saying, look, as fans, we're like, we need to start getting things right, and signing of these guys, like, 
Bowling goalie a Yeti was because Celtic weren't getting things right. We see now with Ange coming in, this is a style of football I want. I think we mentioned it the other week there, like Liverpool and Pep Guardiola at Man City rarely sign flops because mm. they've got players they want and they'll come in. This is the position they're going to play. This is how I want these guys to play. Bowling goalie wasn't he a great defender? Wasn't he great at going forward? Played against Rangers the previous season, get absolutely roasted. He was getting powered on forums for looking so bad, and we rock up and pay four million for him. <laughs> and it's probably how we scouted <laughs> them back then. So you're looking at it, going, "Look, what what is this guy? Because he's not a guy that gets like Kieran Tierney forward. Mm. He's not a solid defender like Greg Taylor. He's just nothing really, and <laughs> it's just an utter waste." Yeah, it was a it was a bit of an enigma. Was bowling goalie? Um, I, so, I forgot about the horny thing as well. I was yeah. just thinking about performances. For me, he falls into the camp of like the Derek Rardens, the Yuri Yarosix, the guys that fell out of the team and the star grew brighter. Yeah. The less and less they played. Um, and look back at that COVID thing. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so Absolutely stupid. ridiculous. Leaving the so. country under the cover of darkness to go and meet somebody and lie about it and met like that just shows the regard they had for the club and the manager yeah, and the yeah. and the and the job at hand at the time. He just couldn't care less the guy. It all seems so quaint now. He mm. just went out of the country. But what people need to remember is how big that was at the time. Right. Just just deigning to do that. And lied to the back. manager. Yeah, I think yeah. he was asked. Yeah. I think the story goes that he was asked by Neil Lennon, did you leave the country? Did you go on a flight? And he was like, no boss. And Aye. he was like, well, what's this? Aye. You know? And then he came back and he was, I mean, he was in the squad. He mm. came off the bench against Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock it was. Came off the bench and hadn't told him to, to potentially had COVID. That's right, yeah. I, I, oh, I, I, sorry just, episode. It's just one of these, not not particularly bowling goalie, but it's just all these sort of remnants from that, uh, uh, that like an archaic thing that just that don't match up to Celtic's values anymore. You yeah. know, these rubbish players that we've still got hanging about from the Neil Lennon era. Just clear them out, you know. Yep. Find clubs for them and I think we've managed to find that with bowling goalie. And on that... Bowling goalie bombshell. <laughs> we shall wrap up this episode of 20 Minute Times. Thank you so much to everyone who listens. Thank you so much to everyone who watches. If you listen, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you watch, please hit subscribe and that little bell thing or leave comment in the comment section or something. Melly, Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Oh, I'm back. I, I checked out there. I thought, yeah. we, were, I thought we were outroing. Yes, it's goodbye. <laughs> so goodbye. I drifted off there. Thanks for watching and listening. 
one of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.